Three, two, one. Hello, uh, and welcome to Elite <laughs> Channel Three News. Rugby Banter, Channel Three News. We're we going to get copyright struck. Uh, yeah, uh, um, I'm Adam. Um, I've uh, I, I've just finished helping to bath my child. So my wife has that best to finish the burden now. Alex, uh, how is your burden of love? My, yeah, I wouldn't go quite that far. Oh, oh okay. um, Calling my... a child a burden or love, which one's the one that's a step too far? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah well, we don't know for a fact that he's mine. Let's start there. Um, oh. No, he's, he's doing well. He's been handed over to his mother, um, who just happens to be attached to boob. Which is his necessary component of going to bed. Okay, fair. So uh, he's good otherwise. Nice. Yeah. He's. I think we. I've got a bet going that he's going to be walking by Christmas Day. You think so? Oh, cute. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Yeah, we'll see because we hopefully get to be on the beach. So I've got a bet going that I'm going to have a walk with him on the beach on Christmas Day. Oh, wouldn't that be cute? It's like a uh, lifetime movie. Walk so he'd be child. like cuter than me going for a walk with him being carried on the beach. Yeah, that yeah. that's my future in January. I go to Eastern Cape. I'm probably going to yeah. carry her in, but uh, we'll be playing. Right. She's sitting up by then. Sorry, Matt, we're boring you. How are you? <laughs> are you, just, you just, you just did your... the dishes. So. Yeah. yeah. Are no, your I... dishes walking yet? No, my dishes aren't walking, thankfully. I mean, I washed them in time before shit grew on them. Okay, clever. Good man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ben is not here. I mean, we're talking about beaches. Ben is actually at the beach, apparently. Ben's whole life is beach. Yeah, it is. Hey. He thinks, he says he works. I think the most work he does in a week is writing our fantasy spreadsheet. Uh, and then I tell him our whole team didn't transfer across or something like that. I think that's actually my job, to ensure Ben does some work during the week. He just said that Joe wanted to go to the beach, so they're going to the beach. Even though life is a beach, they live right by the beach. So it's just the three of us. Uh, Alex does need to take a half-time break at some point to salt some meat. Um, I might just quickly shoot off for a couple of minutes. But thankfully, Matt is here to hold everything together. But uh, let's, I guess, I guess, let's get started. Um, I guess not holding everything together is the Springboks. It was confirmed that they're no longer taking part in the rugby championship. I think, Alex, you were the only one who called that. I, I, I went for a bit of a fence-sitting answer. Well, Ben and Matt said that they would compete. Um, so, so we're losing out a bit of money. Argentina have played even less rugby than they there. So, and, and the reason being is player welfare, which I'm sure is more mental, physical. They've only just started playing rugby. I don't think anybody's overly upset. Yeah, that's the feeling I get. I mean, well, we're going to be underprepared for the Lions, but yeah, there doesn't I mean, seem to be we... an outcry. So, if the Lions happens. I think, I mean, Argentina might be a little bit sort of put out, but I mean, by yeah. this point, they're so used to us fucking them over. Um, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, all this talk about New Zealand and Australia and South Africa, but like, Argentina are honestly the biggest losers. Yeah. Because they're not even in the conversation. Like, everyone's debating what, well, what are, Argent- what are Australia and New Zealand going to do next year? I mean, Argentina's sitting in the corner being like, oh, 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 oh I guess we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. But, yeah, so they may be a bit annoyed with us. I mean, I think the Aussies and the New Zealanders, I think Sorry. their fans are secretly pleased. Yes. Um, 
because we could see this just being turned into like an eight series or an eight match playlist series. Oh god. Oh god! It's oh, like that. Man, it's, it's like that old Mitchell and Webb look ad where he talks about the football. It's the football. It's always the yes. football. <laughs> when the football ends, the next football starts. <laughs> yeah. Oh god! I mean, just... in a way, it's it is exciting. Like just because any like series is always exciting. Yeah. Um, it's quite cool to see the same teams going hammer and tongs multiple weeks. But I mean, eight eight matches would be a bit much. I'm sure they won't do exactly that. No. Um. But I mean, honestly, you know, I think the reason no one's upset is that it's kind of our problem. Like, we were the, we are screwing ourselves over. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't think we have a choice. I think it's we kind of had a choice between how do we want to screw ourselves over? Do we want to go and get <laughs> our asses kicked by Australia and New Zealand, or do we want to wait and then get our asses kicked by the British and Irish Lions? Yeah. So everyone's like, look, you know, it's just. It's a, it's a South African problem. South Africa must decide what to do, and then whatever. Like the rest of the world will live with it. So, uh, but it's just very yeah. disappointing from a fan's point of view, just not having that for, that that rugby to watch. Yeah. Y- yes, uh, there was talk that there were negotiations that the competition would be halved and all this stuff to get South Africa on board. So the, uh, the, I wonder what else is afoot. And I also wonder if this is just a watershed moment we'll look back on in a few years from now when we're playing in the Seven Nations or whatever it is. The Pro, Pro 14 is just the beginning of South Africa's alignment to the north. Uh, I know, I think, I know Mitch, he, he in, our, in our Super Rugby group, he is Australia. So whatever he says represents Australia. I know he was disappointed. So Australia, therefore, was disappointed from the fan perspective. That is a, <laughs> a very generous view on the... I Australian think, proletariat. I think I feel like yes. Mitch is. Mitch is a Mitch is like Mitch is as a person is probably what a good thirty percent of the Australian rugby watching population. I mean, there are only like three guys. It's true, at best. He is also starting a podcast. Um, yes. So actually, I want to try out of business. Yeah. yeah. So I actually want to see if I can find what it's called. This is asking me my microphone. <laughs> me of all people. <laughs> City bitch. Trying to find out. It is called. Oh, that's true. It is called. Damn it! Of course, I can't even find the right damn thing. Rugby fixation. It is available oh, on Spotify. That... So if... Okay. But I think that's him. So if you search rugby fixation on Spotify, ladies and gents, you will hear Mitch's podcast. Mitch Evans, who uh, is a friend of the pod, and he's he's doing battle with us in South African Super Rugby, aka Curry Cup, and just another name. So. He's already taken the, the, the leap of faith. With us, he's not he's not coming last. That's you, Alex. Strangely yes. enough, you just said yeah, you know, yeah. I'm coming. I'm top of the log by some miracle, so it's not going to last well, either. I, 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 I'm still disputing how top of the log you should be. With, no, with this, with this I'm telling you, if, if, if you did the timestamps, all that jazz on the spreadsheet, you'll see that I did not cook the books. Uh, I promise. So we'll see what happens in South Africa. Um, I'm just trying to think from a mental welfare perspective. It's probably better, I guess. I don't know. I guess we didn't really know enough about it, to to be quite honest. But uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. So that that meant there is now Bledisloe two occurred. Rest in peace, George Bridges' career. I mean, we'll discuss that game uh, later on. I'm just trying to think. There was the European Cup final. I don't call that anymore. Exit one. Only one South African played in that final, which is a miracle. Uh, normally, there's lots more of them. Um, what other news is there? 
if anybody can tell me that, that I've missed. Um, well, I don't know if you want to go into like injury updates, but Gio Aplon no. has apparently done his, his ACL. Has he done uh, his ACL? Oh, That's the worst. Okay, well, I need, uh, I'm just, I need to figure out then who to dump him for. When you have the Sharks to name their team. I can pick the cheapest back there. But yeah, that's Kakvo Jake White. Um, but I Ron, guess since... Ron Pino is also out, but um, is he still MCL? He's probably right? out for about two months. He doesn't need surgery, so he's yeah. he'll be back. Okay, he just won't be back for thingy. So, oh no, uh, he might be back. Actually, never mind. He might be back. Or he's out for the rest of Super Rugby Unlocked. Yeah, then you. But he'll be, be back, back for Curry Cup. Yeah. Super Rugby Mzanzi, not unlocked. Yeah, that's sorry, the, I was, I was looking the at the Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Sorry, uh, yeah. So yeah, bad news for for Jake White. Um, I guess Gia Aplon everybody's got pretty excited to bring him back. Um, so sorry, Gia, that that's bad news. Um, I'm just trying to think about what else is happening in the rugby world, very very briefly. Very I know that the New Zealand players, the New Zealand Players Association, put out like a plea to South Africa, saying we we miss you, our heart South Africa, which is very sweet. Uh, and they kind of hinted to the administrators um, that the administrators need to be careful with South Africa, in a way, that we're going to drift off to the north. The economics are going to do this. But overall, I know New Zealand just had an election. Uh, I, this whole period, I've really, I know I, I, I said screwed New Zealand a few weeks ago, but I have really soured on them. And I feel like they've really overplayed their hand. Because mm. like, I know that they've told there will not be Pacifica. I don't know if that's a correct word team next year even though there are promises to that effect they might have super rugby um new zealand again um but with extra teams it's a little bit of a hodgepodge even though everybody knows australia and new zealand should really work together for whatever purpose um so yeah what, what a mess anyway anything else i know that uh, episode three of chasing the sun when it was out yeah. yesterday what was, it was a good that? i still need to watch i enjoyed it no spoilers, um, no spoilers. Okay, you haven't watched it. No, I'm joking. Adam, Adam how can I say no spoilers so I for end like... up winning the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, wait, so have you actually watched it or not? No, I haven't watched episode three yet. I'll catch up. Uh, okay. Don't stress. Um, talk about it. Seeing... You're welcome to talk about it. Well, I'll... Look, I will just, I will just say it was nice seeing Makazola uh, Mpimpi uh, talking. Yeah. Did, I mean, they... never used to... Yeah, so both him and Lucania Am were speaking mm. closer, which is great. Um, sorry, my pronunciation is not great. Yes. At the um, but yeah, I mean, they so Matt, they addressed the whole bomb squad mm. slash racism uh, the, the, thing, uh, sort of that, yeah, incident. The, I yeah, heard that quote they unquote. brought that up actually. I saw that on Twitter. And, well. and yeah. also just. Uh, my Pepe's background, the uh, first week uh, of, of the World Cup. Yes, it brought back memories. It really brings yeah. back memories, hey? Um, even well, episode I mean, two, I literally. Last I episode or, or the first period. episode where they, they were talking about his RIP Niene wristband. Yes. Um, and they, they went into his background a bit more. And, like, he obviously, I mean, he just doesn't get the credit he deserves. Like, he he's uh, never been one in the spotlight. He's never like leading the press conferences or anything like that, and I think that's probably for the best. I think yeah, because the but... one time they let him in a press conference, he dropped an f bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and it's so much, it's so interesting watching him speak his actual native, his, his first language. You get a much in a weird way. Uh, this is a dive into me as a South African that uh, I barely speak another language apart 
I'm English. Uh, you get a much better feel for the person when you watch them speak their native tongue. Actually. Yeah, for sure. In, in a weird I, way, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. If I'm I'd, I'd like uh, to see. I'd like to see that become normalized. I'd like to see, sure. like, see a Khaleesi start taking interviews in Tulsa as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it would be really I, cool. I mean, I know like JC Creel speaks uh, pretty good Zulu. Okay, cool. His first language is English. Actually, I think he's one of the few uh, people. His first I think, I mean... And Mark or Mark. It might be a few people. Mm. I don't know, okay, Jesse Krill's sure. like, home language. I know he went to Maritzburg. Um, boys. There's a boys. Did you go to Maritzburg? I think so. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, he went to Maritzburg College. So, I mean, that's predominantly English-speaking, but I know they have a lot of um, Afrikaans you know, born over there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, Mark, he does speak possible Zulu. Yeah, Michael Marks um, is English because he went to he's English. Yeah, he's uh, one of he's one of very few yeah. English speaking rugby players, let alone forwards. Yes, uh, and a hooker, uh, no One thing yeah. about Mampimpi, it's almost watching the World Cup again. It's it's so funny. You're like, oh, of course he was the right guy, but I remember there were, there were concerns about his defence initially when he was initially selected. Yeah. Um, Especially after the first game against New Zealand, which they go into in depth, yeah. uh, it's just very interesting. As the guys never played, it's very interesting watching the footage of, of the coaching sessions and how they speak to the teams. I think it's mostly authentic. At some point, you forget the cameras are there, so it's really interesting. Yeah, approach. I mean the, the interviews are a little bit maybe like a little bit staged. Yeah, they are. Um, uh, just fair enough. But the like the behind the scenes footage. I think is not performative. I think it's very authentic because, mm. like, you know, when you when you look at someone like Rassi, he's like when he's talking to a room of thirty guys, and you know, one of them's holding a camera. I don't think he's going to be Playing. like that person's not going to be front of his mind. Like, I think, like, if you look at that game in in, the, in this episode when they lost to New Zealand, mm. um, and the, the team talk he gave at the end of the match, like. You know, you can't afford to be contrived in a situation like that. And I mean, I think, you know, a lot of the chasing of the sun is about like peeping behind the curtain and seeing like what exactly is Rossi's secret. And I think like a big part of his his appeal is just how authentic he is. Mm. Um, like and he, and he talks so honestly with those guys, like he talks to them about the need to like he talks to them like a former player more than like a coach. Yeah, he mm. says things like "we're gonna go out there and fuck them up," which <laughs> you know, like, you know, I, I just can't see someone like Clive Woodward or Eddie Jones being like that brutal. Do you think Ian you know, Foster be... tries to swear every now and then just to like, yeah, just to like get I mean, the? I... Yeah, but I think they, like yeah, the coach will talk about things like, "oh, we need to be physical boys, we need to front up, we need to win our collisions," yeah. but like very seldom I think you'll see a coach at that level being like, "Mana, we're gonna fuck them up." You know, and I'm and like that's the language that guys like Yerban Etzebev and Bongi and Bonambi speak. Yeah. Um, like Matt, I think you'll really appreciate the Bongi segment. Oh yes, that's true. how much I love Bongi. Yeah. But, but like it was just like an insight into his player mentality, and Ooh, like God. you can just see how Rossi brings out the best in him because he's like he's got this fighter mentality, like where he just wants to fight. Yeah. Not like mm-hmm. in a in a reckless way, but like he wants to outmuscle the opponent, and like you know just fight them on the ground, fight them in, in the tackle, fight them for the ball, and like 
and Rusty just being completely upfront with those guys, being like, "This is a this is a fight, like we're going to war." Um, I think just brings out the best in those sorts of characters. It's really good. And I mean, I also really love what he said in the change room after the New Zealand loss, where he said, "Look, we played like we we played seventy five minutes of good rugby mm-hmm. and then five minutes of not so good rugby, and we ended up losing." And I think it was actually Ninaba who's in, who then said like. You know, this is this is a sign that our systems are working, not that they were not working. And and Rusty said to them, "Look, I've fucked up. Like I've made a mistake in terms of my plan that I that I told you guys to do. Mm. So I'm going to go and look at that. But you guys didn't do anything wrong. You executed perfectly. Mm. Oh, and, by process driven. Yeah, by the so process. I mean, but it's also just like taking ownership. And I mean, like you know, like you were saying, Adam, the fact that there were questions around Mapimpi and his defence." And like it's you know it's fine for us to have those questions. It's fine for the media to have those questions. Like that's always going to happen. But the fact that Rusty can go into the change room and say to a guy like Mapimpi, I've got zero doubts about you. Yeah. Like I I saw you miss tackles. I saw them score tries down your channel. But that's not your problem. That's my problem. Like you mm-hmm. you are exactly what I'm looking for. I just need to figure out a way to like to bring out the best in you. And I think that's sorry. Like, uh... So such R- good randomly throwing stuff on the floor. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, no, it was it was very really interesting. Also, just about Bongi when he was promoted as the number one hooker. I know Mark went to the World Cup. I think he was number one, and then Bongi became number one in the Italy game. Also, yeah, just watching the Italy game, just the amount of uh, oh, I felt bad for them in a way. Uh, just the amount of physical pressure that we put on them. As as as, as Rassi said to them, I think in these post matches, like yeah. We injured three of their props in five minutes. We fucked yeah. them up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. And I mean, also, I remember, they were almost like a palate cleanser yeah. for us. After, like, after the loss to New Zealand, like, we needed something to get the bad taste out of our mouth. And like, it was really just bad, bad luck for them that they were scheduled to face us. Because like, actually... we approached that game as like a, a palate cleanser, like a mentality cleanser. Yeah, just like and, a hard yeah, reset. Yeah, like even we, the, even we would have put 50 on anything that the New Zealand game, I, like, I actually forgot. We dominated that game. First half, anyway. Oh. The second half, I think, was before evening match. But first first half, we were on top of them, like, hectically. Mm. I think Pollard I, missed I, a penalty yeah. as well. I mean, I, 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 just, like, I don't want to fall, back. Yeah, don't yes, fall into, into the trap of chasing the sun. Like, this yes. is obviously going to portray it from our perspective. Yeah. Um, but if I if I think back to that game, I, I remember being disappointed. Mm. But not like not frustrated so like i don't think we dominated that game but i do think we could have won that game because i remember thinking at the time there were like one or two moments that just like didn't go away so for example actually one that didn't really get much airtime but when cheslin colby broke down the the right wing mm-hmm. and he turned moanga inside and out and moanga ended up chasing him down and making the tackle into touch Great that was tackle. actually a really really That's big right. moment like richie moanga doesn't get enough credit for that because mm. like that was a try-saving tackle under really difficult circumstances against the best finisher in the world, and if Cheslin scores there, I think there's a, a decent chance we win that game, actually, because Pollard was kicking well, and our scrums like I know they showed us getting the the wrong calls from Roman Poit. Yeah, Joe Moody. Was it Jerome, yeah, sorry, Jerome Garces, but yeah, but um, like our, our forwards were actually being very effective in that game, so. I think it was it was closer than 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 it seemed, yes. but I do remember feeling like the best team won on the day. So 
Yeah, well, it was unfortunate. Two mistakes. Game over. Uh, I think look, we we could chat about chasing the sun and uh, rose tinted glasses all day. So let's just stop there. But it's, it's even if you're not in South Africa, if you can try watch it. Um, I think it's an interesting insight. Look, there is very much a bit of <laughs> production flag waving. I mean, you can take with a little bit of a pinch of salt. But the insight you get about the South African mentality at the World Cup, and I think South African rugby to a certain degree, I think it's very, it's good. And it's also well made. It's just a pretty yeah. super sport. Don't do more of it. Uh, quickly, so on some news, the Cheetahs, and uh, the Tars, uh, as Matt keeps calling them, I keep thinking about the Waratahs and all their props who are choosing in fantasy. They're looking to go to Russia or the US after their Pro 14 expulsion. We were chatting about they'd be great in like Iowa or Ohio or something like that, you know, where there's just like shit tons of farming, <laughs> lots of open space. Uh, it'd be interesting. Um, I, do, I do feel for the Cheetahs so uh, in, a, in a weird way. But a bit unfair again, but such is the world. Yes, Matt? So I saw on the MLR subreddit quickly, they're not necessarily that, not so much open to the idea, but they don't see, think it's very likely at all because the MLR essentially doesn't have money for mm. to subsidize yeah. the cheetahs who would have yeah. to be based in a city permanent, or you know mm. what I mean? shifting the yeah. cheetahs there so they wouldn't be playing in bloom and all that so they like they seem to think the russian league would be more financially viable than the americans just because yeah it doesn't seem like their league itself could sustain it i mean i think that's one of the reasons the hawaiian team didn't actually come to fruition that they just couldn't work out yeah travel and i mean that's yeah a domestic technically a domestic team I mean, it's fuck or far, but yeah. So, and they seem I mean, to. In a, yeah, I think in a way they're better off doing um, almost like a Harlem Globetrotter kind of approach, where rather than trying to link up with a, a specific um, league, what they should do is is trying to enter into a deal with MLR, where they uh, come pre like prior to the MLR season and do a tour. And play, mm. you know, five the top five teams, for example, and then you know, so it's like a once-off circuit. Yeah. And then they can come back to Bloemfontein, and they they carry their own costs or you know use the revenue they generate, but then at least it isn't like a back and forth, back and forth, and yeah. trying to figure out fixtures. I mean, that's the the nightmare. And they could do the same with, um, like even the Russian league if they wanted to, they could do like a tour to US, and then come to South Africa and invite and have like invitational teams play against them here for a while and then go to Russia and or link up with like the global rapid rugby guys, the Western force. We still don't know what's happening with them, but I don't know. Like, I think it's, it's like, it's really easy for us as fans to theory craft like outcomes, but the practicalities, especially in like in the current climate with how little like money there is in rugby globally, mm. um, I think it's really difficult and that's like that's the tragedy of it is that they just get hung out to dry like they don't get help from from sorry or anything like that they just get left to their own devices yeah so i think they need to kind of almost craft their own calendar and come up with like a loose league where they don't play in a competition but they they have scheduled fixtures so like they work around other people's calendars and they have agreements with like saracens and exeter for example to have annual pre-season matches with them 
Mm. And then if you look at if you look at the global calendar of, fi of fixtures, like you'll probably be able to put together a pretty good like uh, fixture Season. list, yeah, yeah, based on other people's seasons. Um, so that's that's what I would probably try and do: get a bit creative and, and do something like that, and then maybe even like try and rope the kings in, yeah, and, and try then... and share costs, and then trying to get sort of economies of scale going with multiple teams at the same time. And then plus, come every four years, you can offer your services to Tier 2 nations as a warm-up game for the mm -hmm. World Cup, as the Kings proved yeah, with Georgia. For sure. for sure, yeah. I mean, maybe mm -hmm. even make a, make a regular fixture out of it, like, yeah. just say, fuck South Africa. And, like, when the international test window rolls around, you say, okay, so South Africa's going to play Scotland, New Zealand's going to play England or whatever, Australia's going to play Ireland, whatever. And then you, as the free state shooters, just be like, fuck it, let's get hold of Georgia Rugby League. Yeah, or let's get all of Russia, you know, tier two nation, and or Namibia even, and just like you know, you guys want to play test level rugby, like we can put ourselves forward as like we we're as good as a tier two nation, cheaters. I mean, mm. it's a bit of a stretch, but if they keep their current squad, I'd say they're probably about as good. I mean, yeah. if they're the winners, the winners of Curry Cup last year, I would say they're on course to challenge for the title in Super Rugby Mzansi. Um, I would say that they probably could beat teams like Russia and Namibia, you know, five times out of ten. Mm. So I would I would try and get get themselves on like the international circuit for the tier two nations. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, just uh, yeah, play as free state rogue. or something. Yeah, yeah, just go rogue. Literally free yeah, state. Quick, uh, just a couple of news items before we get into some actual on the field rugby. Uh, TJ Perinara. He's going to be playing in Japan next season, so we'll. we'll oh, I, think I we'll saw that's a short-term. That's a short-term uh, contract. Short -term. He'll be back for ah. Super Rugby Aotearoa or whatever they're going to call uh, it. Oh, okay. Sorry, I did uh, see that. Enough. It was announced uh, after. Oh, okay. Uh, no, thanks. Thank you for correcting me. Oh, it's, uh, it was my see, post. Eng so. English rugby. Is in a bit of a mess ahead of the Premiership final. It was Wasps? They returned some more positive COVID tests. Uh, they had 11 tests, including players in backroom staff since last weekend. As a result, training continues to be suspended. So who knows? That's a shit show. A bit of a mess. Um, and just trying to think. You know that uh, I, I have nothing to add. Maybe we can just we'll move on to um, do you want to do Curry Cup first. Yeah, we can. Yeah, sure. you guys can start with that. I'm gonna go salt the meat. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Uh, um, so I was trying to think. What was the first game of the weekend? Cheetahs Bulls. Yes, that's right. You know the game uh, with the old men. The, no, so this game was literally no country for old men. Yeah. yeah um, so what, what, when did what, 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 when did Aplon yeah, go off? He went off like early. Yeah, uh, like I think first within the first twenty minutes. Yeah, well, Pinal went off like at fifteen minutes, and Aplon was off by then already. But yeah, yeah. no shame. A uh, bit of a loss. Yeah, it was. It... But I actually liked this game a lot. I enjoyed it. I thought it was going to be a thriller. I forgot to pick Supergroup by this point. At this point, but I would have gone with Cheetahs. Yeah, I mean, on paper they they, they seem to be a bit more of a unit. Mm. Um, I'm just trying to find the highlights here. We are. Um, I just, I'm just disappointed with the Bulls. I mean, they started so positively, 
uh, for at, at Superhero Sunday. Yeah. But they just, they just seem to lack, lack, lack a bit of dynamism. Dyn- yeah, dynamism. it's weird because they would, they would, like, you said that you remind me now of Super, Superhero Saturday or day. They were su- mm. they were super dynamic. Like they were moving. Like think about how they ran around the sharks in that game. And now this game, they yeah, slow, plodding. I hate to say my man Clinton Swart just has one one dimensional tactics, and that is grab the ball and go forwards. Yeah, but there's uh, yeah forward. He only, only knows one direction. Forward. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Franz Dane, he, he had a decent game. Jupak yeah. Miller was very good. Jasper Visa, I think he outplayed Dwan yeah. Vermeulen. Oh, 100%. Excuse me. 100%. Dian Skuman's also not a shit fly-off, actually. No, he's not bad. Like, oh. he, he makes decent decisions. Uh, like, he, he's serviceable. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, and also maybe it helps that he's playing with a team that knows how to run the ball better. Roscoe Speckman also started down again. Um, interesting game. that Malcolm Yar keeps ending, ending up on the wing and doing the assist. Which is an inter- interesting structure. The two of them together, yeah. Uh, so playing. Blomiki's had a good game as well. I missed a yeah. lot. Ryan yeah. Fenta, that little mullet in the hookers for the Cheetahs also. I missed it the first couple of minutes where he was really busy. But I saw for the most part he was pretty decent. Had a good shift. Yeah, a bit better, a bit better than last week. Uh, that, that's yeah. for sure. And then the Bulls, Bulls locks. Unfortunately, Jason Jenkins were not They had big games against the Griquas last week. They were pretty average. And then Orky also got a yellow card. Yeah. Um, yeah, that wasn't the best yellow card I picked up either. Wasn't it the one for the? No, what was that? No, I can't remember. I thought it was the one for swimming through the rock or something. Yeah, it's just, I mean, you see him on a stain. I mean, I remember seeing J.P. Peterson at the Sharks. I actually couldn't believe it was the J.P. Peterson. <laughs> I thought he'd retired by, by that point. And he's just, he's just not the same. And... I was just going to say this. You said you're going to buy a cheap, cheap Sharks outside back. You might be starting J.P. Peterson this weekend. No, I can't. I'm hoping that um, there's no, someone think, else. I can't I think, get Libok. I think based on the system, J.P. Peterson is super, super outpriced anyway. Um, I think with Sharks you're going to struggle because Libok's a fly half and Cox yeah. a centre. What so... do I think? And also, is... um, uh, you're right. I got a good game, actually. Yeah, so I don't um, think we're going to see Cox off the 14. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and also, I mean, I think Papier, he started for the Bills, but again, I don't know. Like they've spent all this money, but look, it is their second game back. Everybody's finding their way. It's their third game back, um, now, technically. Because we're going to consider Superhero. Oh, yes, that's true. Gonna... No, that's true. Uh, the Superhero Sunday. Uh, I guess like, it was a traditional South African rugby. I know in our fantasy league, we were doing um, Super Rugby in New Zealand. Me and we were getting scores of players getting 80 to 100, while we'll Jordan anyway. Mm. If Oaks are cracking 30 40 in our league, <laughs> they're doing well. well what which is goes it, to show the sort of attrition. Didn't, didn't the th- all three cheetahs outside backs get like 60 points last weekend each yes yeah 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 i didn't do this. that well this week but i know blomikis no. and speckman did all right still this week they they're probably the leading backs uh mm. i know max weiner he had us a very well short chat about that Lions game yeah. shortly um also like the fact that the, the bulls reserve kicker is chris smith the most unbulls <laughs> name ever yeah, true. 
<laughs> but so yeah, it wasn't the greatest game. Um, you did? Did you manage to watch the Pumas Crickles game? Yeah. Pumas so. was a bit of an upset. Good. Uh, so uh, good one. Yeah, I reckon Pumas would call this an upset because only because it's in Kimberley. I reckon. I think it would be mm-hmm. difficult for them to pull in. Um, but yeah, no. I liked it. Good. It was a good. Uh, like that level, Curry Cup derby like it's a curry cup derby and it was very good at what it what it was supposed to be i enjoyed this game a lot it was nice to see the guys playing and just like eddie Fouchier for the for the pumas it's like watching an old man just like at fly half just like with on a sunday league with the, with the kids and then as we joked earlier or i joked in the group like you whose try was it oh williams's try near the end of the game they show they show Stonehouse celebrating by slapping a table and I swear to Christ you can hear the wood crack on that table but it's just nice like it's and it's fun I mean as much as we hate the idea of George Whitehead still playing professional rugby it's interesting seeing him go uh, like I don't know for me this is the nicer part of watching rugby is to watch these guys who are just below the, the super rugby franchises but still just I mean either of these teams I wouldn't be surprised or shocked if they take a win off any of the other franchises but I don't think like they'll lose most of their games against the other franchises but they will still take scalps and we'll be so happy for it to happen yeah look I thought it was a good performance by the Pumas especially after they got absolutely eviscerated um, by the the three states the week before Um, I I was going to say on Mudded Watch uh, Zach Berger Fuck, he's actually a... looking pretty good at nine for Greg was yeah. he's got a he's got a soft matter as well. He's got a quick service. He's a, he's also one to watch. And Greg was have got a, a bit of a rip for producing players, actually. Uh yeah. Victor Matfield, Valida Rue, and a Vidita Rue started there, then he went yeah. to the yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. Uh but uh, Dwayne Vermeulen, he he's a Puma. Uh, I didn't know that actually Kof's no one came into the group. After Clerk, he's Kof, a Puma. After Clerk, yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to think who the other Grickwiss guys. I know Victor Matfield. He actually started his career at Grickwiss as well. Um, I'm trying to think of Donnie Rousseau. No, I think he probably he's probably a bull uh, through and through. Uh, but no, an entertaining game. Good win for the Pumas. I, I didn't watch. I'm just checking out the highlights now, just as we chat. Um, did you did you watch the game, Alex? Uh, I just saw the second half. I missed the first half because I was on baby duty. Um, but oh, nice yeah, try. Neil Neil Moritz is is making a bit of a name for himself, I think. Oh God, uh, yes. Yeah, he's playing really well. Well, in a country um, that doesn't have centers, it's nice to see a center. Yeah. And I mean, so you mentioned Zach Berger, but uh, Ginter Smuts. It's also not uses a... the scrum. Yeah, scrum mm. half for Greg because he also played quite well. Yeah, it's interesting. I, earlier, I liked I liked old man Eddie Fouchier ten as well. Yeah. Like it's just is nice. He old? He just look. He's like he's got Carl. I think he's got Carl Wagner syndrome, where they just look like forty-five. I just saw that. I just saw that mall that Greg was where uh, Victor. Um, uh, it's Yeah, jeez, that that was like SA versus Japan in the World Cup. They still that so mall. Hectic. That mall happened at like a, a quick jog. Yeah, yeah, like like very much a a rate of knots. Yeah. Um, oh, so then you're gonna the see job, the next. The, the Devon Williams mm-hmm. Eddie, Eddie Fisher is 23 years old. Is he 23? Yeah. He looks like a grandfather. He literally... <laughs> like... He, he 
he played SA Schools A, and he played for Golden Lions in Curry Cup. He's had a hard Cup. 23. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't be laughing. I feel like I've had a hard 31. Look, he's had a hard 23. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, but... Oh, it was offload. Nice. Yeah, no, it was a good game. Yeah. yeah I like this game. I like these games. These yeah. games, I think, are my I mean, favorites. And listen, this is what I'm looking forward to in this tournament. Yeah, and it's adding. I mean, they're doing this. Doing the fantasy rugby is helping a lot as well. Adds a lot of spice. Yeah. But um, I think yeah, I'm quite impressed with the Pumas being able to win away from home in Kimberley. Because apparently they also like they've got like they had ten changes in their side or something as well because of injuries and shit. Mm. So it was quite a yeah, it was quite a performance from Stonehouse's boys. Um. I mean, at the same time, you know, maybe we think that Kimberley is super hostile because we used to the you know relative luxuries of Newlands and Emirates Airline Park or whatever. Yeah. Whereas Pumas are just like, yeah, Kimberley's just Kimberley. It's it's much of a muchness. Although yeah, they, exactly. No, but they must play in what's at Mombabela, which is yeah quite a nice stadium as well. This was one of the, the old stadium's World Stadium's nice. I don't know what the ground is like. Yeah, true. Uh, and I don't, know what the, I, I, I don't know what the crowd is like. It might be quite hostile as well. No, nah, I've been there. I, I've been. I've been, I've been to in Bombella. It's actually mm. a very nice stadium. Um, I was there for Afcon ages ago. I think in 2013. The ground wasn't so like away. But it's in a way. It's outside of town. But it's a kept stadium. Uh, but I haven't been to Kimberley. It's still my to-do list. Go watch a game at Tafel Lager Park, in in Kimberley. Um, that, that just leaves one more game. That was the Lions versus the Stormers. Um, I'm sure Phil shed a tear of memory. Okay, Yaku got a Yaku Creel a little slower than previously charging down the wing. Team try. Uh, that was finished with Max Money as well. Alton Yankees also had a very good game. Um, Lions unlucky. Uh, Stormers just kind of ground their way to a victory in that one. Classic Stormers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... Yeah, I mean, I don't want to to add anything really because I mean it is classic Stormers like that's what they do yeah. um, and look I mean it's it's probably best summarized by Stephen Kitsoff um, who he is just head and shoulders above the next best lucid prop in the competition I think um, yeah. he's just phenomenal and he, he played full 80 minutes mm. but I mean, that's how Steven Kitsop wins games. Well, there's, there's two ways he wins games. The one way is, um, you know, just by hard graft for 80 minutes and just winning those small moments, those collisions that Stormers usually dominate and then get to take the result. Um, but on this occasion, he also uh, influenced the game in another way because he definitely had his hands in a ruck in the build-up to the final penalty. That Bonky, uh, sorry, not Bonky, that Scarrow one. Um, so, like, lines were threatening the Stormers line, and Kitsov went to Ruck and had his hands all over the ball. And Rasta saw it and called him off it. And then he, he released, like, so he, he listened to Rusty, he let go of the ball, but it was, like, far too late. Like, they'd clearly been hands on the Ruck at that point. Like, he'd yeah. clearly meddled with the ball. And it's, it is a bit of a pet peeve of mine, like, referees coaching players instead of calling it. So, like, isn't. You know, if, if you can see what they're doing, then they're penalised. Like, he's committed a, a professional foul. It's already happened. Isn't this what we 
or what happened? Who, who gave was it? Who gave away the that last penalty for Australia last weekend? Uh, what's his face? The fucking lock. Um, but it was exactly that where the ref like yelled at him for yeah. leave the ball, and he like looked the ref dead in the eyes and then put his yes. hand. It's like a small child or a cat. Like don't yes. do that. Kudunk. <laughs> penalty. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean that's exactly it, and I mean it's it's fairly commonplace, and like I think it's it's a tough one for refs to get right because I think they'll also get criticised for blowing it straight away instead of letting the play continue. Mm. But uh, like you have to just make a like a gut decision in, in every case, basically yeah. like have you, like has the player committed the act like already like has has the damage been done, has in which case you you got to penalise them like and if you if you do it enough times they'll stop. Um, but like in a lot of cases, like you know, someone falling over in a ruck or like with their hands on the ball, if they do release it straight away and the scrum off only gets there then, then there's no damage done. Like there's no, the ball hasn't really been slowed down. But in a case like this one, like Kitsov had the ball in, in his hands, like and when he let it go, when the ref told him to let it go, like he moved it, like he he dropped it and slowed it down for Oscar Nier. Um I mean, it didn't end up being that big of a deal because the Lions retained possession and Skara ended up winning a perfectly legitimate penalty um, mm. to finish the game. But, you know, who knows what might have happened? I mean, Lions, like, and, and I'll tell you what, like, when I was watching that passage of play as a Stormers supporter, the one thing I kept thinking was if Alton Yanchis touches this ball, we're going to lose the game. Because it just felt like things were so chaotic that like if he got hold of the ball with enough time he was going to be able to create something and like that could have been the difference like that hands on the ruck might have been the difference between Elton getting the ball in space and not because he did touch it once but he didn't have enough time to do anything so but yeah like honestly like, I, I, kept, I kept I just kept thinking like if Elton gets the ball we're going to lose this game so yeah but anyway I mean I'm, I'm happy for, for a Stormers win um you know, I'm going to probably be hypocritical and pretend like they've won Super Rugby if they win the title. Um, <laughs> even though we all know they haven't. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's it's really, it's the equivalent of like a, of a Super Rugby conference title. And Storms have won plenty of those in the past. And we all know it's Mickey Mouse. But, you know, I, I still think it counts for something. I think it's, it's better than nothing. And in the context of 2020... I'll take it. So yeah, unbeaten so far at least. Mm. Um, yeah, my final comment is when Elton retires, I think memory's going to be kind of him. Actually, he's taken a lot of crap from people over the years, but yeah. uh, I think again, like this, just proves how good he is. Just imagine if he was this. I mean, it's possible to do that. He'd be different. He was in Australia or or New yeah. Zealand. Uh, he wouldn't be appreciated more. But, yep, so Super Rugby rolls on. I'm trying to think which team um, has the bye this week. I think it's Greg was, yeah, they have the bye. Greg was have the bye. Um, before we move on, and posted a quick headline in the news, uh, Wasps have more COVID, positive COVID tests, cases. And let me find the exact number here. I think it's about four or so. Oh, no, 11. Total of 11 in five days. So they're supposed to be playing Exeter this weekend for the Premiership final. 
it's likely that they're going to get withdrawn. And good news is Bristol Bears are going to be playing, or likely to play in their place after being crowned European Challenge Cup champions on Friday night. Oh, nice, good save. So and that's just who I know where to play for Wasps. But that's Malachi Fekato and Lima Sopoanga's team. Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly. Um, the Zonkar's old team. Oh, yeah, that's true. He's at the Bulls, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know why I can't. He, came on. he actually back. came on this weekend. He played for a bit. <laughs> Uh, I guess the turning about a Kiwis, I guess we can chat about Bledisloe 2, which can be referred to as the end of George Bridges' career and the beginning of Caleb Clark's. An all black jersey. I mean, he was like Maori from Moana. Just this beast. <laughs> yes, he's like all for, I don't know, like Bonnie uh, Rubble. I have bashing through guys. Does Bonnie Rubble does Bonnie Rubble bash through guys? I feel like he's the smallest uh, guy on the film stage. Uh, yeah, oh, but he <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking about. Um, I think it was a Family Guy episode where Popeyes at the doctor, and the doctor says it's cancer, it's tumors, not muscles. Do you know? It's, sorry. Sorry, I'm getting confused. But no, hey, watch Moana, it's good fun. Um, and yeah, Cam Clark, he was sensational. Um, I'm still not that impressed by New Zealand. I mean, they, they were a lot better helps that they're playing a proper center and, and uh, Anton Leonard Brown, who was, he, he did so well to stop Enrico Corbetti scoring that one try. But I'm still not that impressed, that impressed with New Zealand. I still, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I just don't like the fact they've got Burton Barrett playing out of position, Jack Goodhue playing out of position, Geordie Barrett playing out of position, Artie Sevier playing out of position, mm. uh, um, Shannon Brazil when there's better options at six. But like, this is our graves. New Zealand definitely deserved one. I mean, they closed. Was sensational. They closed. They. they George Bridge. So. I mean, they. You say that, but they also dominated Australia to the point where all Australia have to show are a try. Yeah. Mm. It's true. And, like, and Australia did miss forty tackles. Since in twenty-three. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, that was it. Like it was, it was. It came down to the tackle count. Yeah. But I mean, like, geez, it's it's, it's tough to go away and be like. Oh, he, like, well, Australia needs to learn how to tackle and you're like, he's fucking crazy. Like, you try and tackle, tackle Caleb Clark. Caleb Clark, yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. God, like, that I run, would that not. That run of his in the lead up to the RD try that everyone keeps posting. Yeah. It was just insane. I mean, he broke like five tackles, I think, including one from Michael Hooper. Um, Is that the one where Hooper hit him in the balls, apparently? Uh, I think it was after that. I think yeah, that was like that. vengeance. No, so Hooper yeah, apparently hit him like in the dick, and then he and then the physio told him to go yeah. hit Hooper in the dick afterwards. But um, what I was going to say, um, yeah. So the two tactics. So go ahead. The first half. No, no, I was just saying even Clark in the first half. Um, yeah. I think Sofia got blown up for a penalty, but even then he went through a hole. Yes, this thing is a beast. Crikey mm. Moses. Um, yeah. I just remember this so, battle last year. People were like, mm, Caleb Clark, whatever. No, he's a superstar. He's I mean, not yeah, so I mean, to be fair, play. he was, because he was playing sevens. Yeah. Mm. So he was kind of out of the, the big picture. Um, but, I mean, now that he's back with the blues, and I mean, the fact that Rico's playing center just means it's like, it's so easy. Like, he, all he needs is game time. Everyone yeah. knows he's good enough. Yeah, definitely. This is yeah. All he needs is experience to build his confidence. I mean, to play like this every weekend now for the next yeah. 
three to four years as as is the lifespan of a sensational yeah. all black wing. I'm speaking for the full convert to success and full convert and yeah, I was actually trying to find those stats. Um, um trying to think. I just want to see you say before he converts unsuccessfully, I think. Wasn't Nanu a wing early in his career? Yeah. Yeah, the, there's, I think, he, a couple he, of good he, good cats. I think Nanu and Umanga. Yeah, both wings. I think both started on the wing. Like, the, the, the New Zealanders like to do that apprenticeship with, yeah. like, guys like Burton Barrett starting at fullback before they inherit the number 10 jersey. Guys like, I mean, Richard Kahui played both. Um,. Conrad Smith was too slow to play wing, <laughs> but like I, th- I think both Tanu Munga and um, and Manmanu played wing as their sort of first sort of dabble into the All Black scene. Um, so, according yeah. to Rugby Pass, uh, Clark's got nine defenders beaten. Uh, meters carried seventy three of eight carries. That feels a bit low. Yeah, but their stats are always a slightly wonky. Yeah. How many tackle busts? No, well, that's something I don't. They don't. Um, they yeah, no, but that's a beaten like... defender. I don't know if that counts as tackle bust. I think it does. Because uh, then the line seven. breaks. He's got three. Yeah. I think he. I think he must have been over 100 meters. Mm. I'm sure Phil will be be sitting on it. Yeah. But um, but what I was gonna say, um, Adam, sort of in your earlier comments was. Mm. It feels like they've kind of they've they've stuck to what they were doing in the World Cup. We said this last week, right? Um, what what they're doing is they're selecting the best fifteen players mm. and then figuring out a way for them to wear whatever jerseys they need to wear. But their systems are suffering because they they don't have like a cohesive back three. They don't have a cohesive line out sort of core. Um, I mean, their, their line-out throwers are not really, really reliable in Coles and Taylor anyway, but their jumpers, so Whitelock was out this week, um, and they've kind of got new guys like Tupavai coming through, and Scott Barrett was injured for a lot of the year, but like they, they're just picking the best 15 guys and like just seeing it for all work. So what was different this week is that they actually picked their best 15 guys, because hmm. like England uh, semi-final semi-final last year and last week in the Bledisloe 1 they took this approach of like we're just going to pick up our best 15 guys but then they didn't pick their actual best 15 guys so now getting guys like Caleb Clark Anton Leonard Brown onto the field uh, Bowden Barrett like they genuinely have their best 15 even if it isn't their best you know combination so that's why we're seeing them you know able to succeed through moments of individual brilliance like Caleb Clark and Adi Severe, because that's what they're reducing the game to. It's not so much a systems battle, it's like an individual battle. And when, you, when you've got guys that good on the field, I mean, not to put any hate on like George Bridge and, and Damon McKenzie, I just don't think that they were the best 15. So, and then what happens um, in, in on the other side with Australia is that I feel they got sucked into it because last week it felt like they were sticking to a very systems-based game and letting New Zealand try to kind of win through ad hoc moments of rugby brilliance but 
you know they just stuck to their systems and were able to be quite effective in set pieces etc whereas this week it felt like australia sank to new zealand's level and tried to let individuals make the game for them and i, I mean a big a big part of that might be that matt to got injured fairly early but you know the fact that you know they then also kind of gave up on their systems a little bit also because their lineup wasn't going very well and i mean i think it's a mistake to start turning into tupo and tight head because their scrum isn't as good with without a lot of but like they kind of just shuffled the ball to guys like paisami guys like pataya and o'connor and kind of had a bit of a you know give the ball to him see what he can do kind of thing for 80 minutes and they're never going to win that game with new zealand just on a man-to-man basis like they don't have the talent and neither do we which is why you know south africa wouldn't do that under rusty because rusty knows that's not how we win games we win through systems and i think dave Reddy's coming around to that way of thinking because that's what i think we saw last week um and maybe i missed the first half this week because i was asleep sorry but i mean maybe that's what happened in the first half which is why we saw um you know, such a tight score at half time. But it certainly felt like in the second half when I was watching that Australia were just trying to go like tit for tat, blow for blow with New Zealand in just magic moments. And I don't think that's going to win them anything. So I think that they've they've got a little bit of improvement. If they can get back to what they were doing last week, then they'll be able to draw with the All Blacks a little bit more often. But New Zealand, like the fact that they can play this loose style of individual centric rugby and you know run away with a 27 point victory or 20 point victory but if i mean you know i know everyone keeps saying this and i feel i feel a bit uh, sorry for foster but if new zealand had a dave Rainey or a rossi erasmus someone who prioritized systems mm. i honestly think that we would see them putting together like 50 point wins over people again because they have the talent and they have the the strength so if they had the systems, I think it would be devastating. So hopefully we, hopefully we see them get a, a whitewash series victory of Australia using this, you know, the style of a rugby, and then when we get to play them, whatever that is, um, we can hopefully have a better chance against them <laughs> because they won't have figured out, mm. you know, the code to, to sustainable long-term winning rugby. They'll just be relying on their talent. Anyway, that's my perspective. Sorry bit of a ramble uh, I think it's That's why we're here it's on, <laughs> as, as long as it was I think it still hits the nail on the head like it yeah it's definitely a point that it's this weird hubris that the All Blacks have right now and I think that yeah. it's definitely sort of coming up from the coaching staff but yeah no still uh, they're not finished they're, they're not playing again until rugby championship hey? Uh, yeah, I think that's right. I think Bledisloe three and four were going to be their rugby championship fixtures. Yeah, so they so Australia are presumably going home soon. Yes, they are going. They are going home soon. So there's no. When, ooh, when's the next international actually? Then is it the foreign stuff? The Northern Hemisphere stuff. Hang on. So round one is. Is thirty first of October of the twenty twenty Tri Nations, which doesn't include us. Oh, I hate that. So we're calling it the yeah, Tri Nations so, now. Yeah. 
Ooh, the no, Six Nations this weekend. So it's not this weekend. So this weekend is a bye in terms of Australia New Zealand. Oh, I can get some sleep. And then next weekend is round one, which is Bledisloe 3, essentially. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, there's Six Nations this weekend, actually, I see. Is it this weekend yes. or next? I think it is this weekend. Yeah, it's this weekend, 24th, yeah. Ireland, Italy, and then the 31st is three games. Wales, Scotland, yeah. Italy, England, France, Ireland. I actually might watch this, just because there's not going to be much else. Yeah, and the time is... The time is convenient. It's at 4.30, 4.30 our time, which is really oh, good. God, France, I just saw France, Ireland, what time that is. Oh, when is that? <laughs> 10 to 10. Fucking France and they're like late night games. I, I'm in bed by like 8.30 at the moment. Like France play rugby <laughs> like, um, it's like that episode of The, the Office where they had that dinner party. <laughs> they're like, oh, yes. we only start cooking by nine. That's like the French fucking approach oh, to international that is rugby. My, my least favorite and most favorite episode of The Office. Because it burns it's some... so cringy. Yeah. Uh, anyway. uh, do, do, do you have anything yeah. further to add, Alex? Or are we going to wrap it up? I think we can call it a day there. I I, yeah, I don't think I had anything I wanted to spot on about with the, the Bledisloe. Um, mm. Would you guys make any changes to either team? Um, oh, Ned Hannigan actually had a good game, but yeah. I would still look at it. Um, yeah. I'd ramble about what what New Zealand should do. They should play. I will still try Kim. and cut Sam Kane somehow, even after now scoring the try this weekend. <laughs> over and above. No, he, he was he, he was good. Um, so, I just feel like how should... international rugby there's been. Sam Kane is a genuine contender for like player of the year. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> you only look at the nationals, he's been immense. Yeah. Play a proper eight at eight, like the so two two. Um, yeah. I do think they have a problem with twelve. With I might be injured. Um. That Barrett, and 50, I mean, I've sprouts on about this. Will Jordan need to get capped, please? Dude, I would. Otherwise. Yeah, I would. I would. I mean, yeah, maybe like it would require a bit of a change of mindset, but I would probably play Burden at ten, um, Jordy Barrett at fullback, and then yeah. Will Jordan at fourteen, and then I'd have Richie Moanga on the bench instead of Damon McKenzie. Um, but like honestly. There are certain players who you like. You just have to get them on the field. It doesn't really matter where. And I know this is kind of hypocritical. I've just been talking about how you shouldn't do that. Um, but honestly, like I think Will Jordan is one of those guys. You just you just got to get them on the field. Mm. It's but the I mean, same as like I was, I was saying with Elton Elton Storms game. Like if you get Elton the ball, you probably win the game. And like your your win your win condition is just like get Elton the ball. And like I honestly feel. In his current form, Will Jordan could be like momentarily the best player in the world if he just gets the ball. Like I don't think I don't know if he can do it consistently the same way that like Chesney Colby and Semi Rodrado have shown that they can do. But like his current form just means he's got to be involved. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just where's Savi Reese in all this? I I, well. I don't think they need him. Like I mean. Yeah. It's it sounds stupid, but like I think they've got enough fire like firepower. Yeah, like can... I think he's just 
if it's surplus to requirements like it's it's so stupid i know it's it's so stupid and i mean obviously you can play i mean there's a million guys you can play but in terms of like achieving a desired outcome i think that like any of the tries that you can create for severis for the all blacks like at that level you can probably create for a will jordan and he'll be able to create things around him that Severus might not at test at test rugby level. Mm. So, like, unfortunately, I I think George Bridge and Severus, both of whom are probably in like the top five wings in the world, I don't think I would have them in my match day twenty three for the All Blacks, which is crazy, I know. But yeah, yeah, but I can't find it's like yeah, if if that's what. It's- to get all Jordan in the team, then so be it. Because Clark's locked in now at 11. I mean, but it's um, also, it's like the Saboon Corsi effect where you, you're like you either starting or you're out of the team altogether. Like, mm-hmm. Severi Reese doesn't bring enough on the bench. And George Bridge, like, he's a bit more versatile, but he doesn't bring enough on the bench either. Yeah. So you're either starting those guys at 11 and 14, or they're not involved. Because number 23 has to be someone like Damien McKenzie or Richie Moanga, who can either make or generate like a 10 15 move um and then number 22 kind of has to be a specialist center if you focusing so much on your outside backs with your number 23 um so like you just can't afford to have a specialist winger on the bench i think yeah and then just quickly for the wallaby sorry adam i know you've got to go um just quickly for the wallabies i would definitely 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 drop tanya Tupu. I've been saying that the whole time in Super Rugby um, AU, people couldn't understand because he was so good, and he was amazing. He was deservedly the player of the tournament, but he's not a test-level tight head. Um, he gets found out at that level. He did, and he did have a handy kick. Today. Yeah, but, oh, I mean, yeah. but Matt, you of all people... <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I'm joking. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't pick your tight head in case he has a cheeky kick. I mean, a little chip anyway, forward. I mean, so like, another tour has like got to be the starter there. And like I was saying to Mitch today on Twitter, um, I feel like there's room in the in the Wallaby squad to have like a bit of a bomb squad kind of effect, where if you have that systems approach I was talking about, and you get the guys like Alada Tour and um, and uh, Nick White, etc., to keep them in the game up to the 50th minute. If you then bring on guys like Tanner Tupo or Tate McDermott. In the same way that we bring out guys like Malcolm Marks and Achis Neyman, um, you can have that bomb squad effect where you can be like, okay, guys, we stay close to the All Blacks for 50 minutes. If we're within three points at 50 minutes, then when the All Blacks decide to do that that usual 50 to 80 minute like fifth gear where they try to score all their, all their points to uh, fatten up the scoreline, we bring on our superstars who are going to break the game for us. And let's let's show them what it's like to chase the scoreline. So instead of us chasing TJ Perinara um, in the last 30 minutes, they're going to chase Tate McDermott. Mm. I would do that. I would I would like fatten up the the backline or the the whole bench line actually. So like guys like Reese Podge, I've been harsh on him before, and I know he could have won that game for them last week, but I I just don't see him. Like, if you think about a bomb squad, I mean, at the same time, like, he's the front stand who would allow a 6-2 split, right? But, like, if you think about a guy who comes on with 20, 20, 30 minutes to go, and the other team's just like, oh, fuck. Like, we're really exhausted from dealing with so-and-so, now we've got to deal with so-and-so. 
it just feels like when like when Reese Hodge comes on for someone like James O'Connor, like the team's not going to have that kind of reaction. They're going to be like relieved that they don't have to second guess anymore. Mm. So I would know. I would I would make the bench a little bit more exciting for Wallabies and the starting lineup a bit more reliable. Okay, well, that makes sense. Cool. Mm. I'm done. Sorry, Adam. You can go if you have to. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> I'll, I'll... <laughs> no, that, that will wrap it up. If, if you have been listening, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Elite Rugby Banter. Uh, there is more rugby coming next week, uh, which is always good to do, I guess. And Ben will be back with the beach. His life is the beach. So if you have been listening, thanks so much. We will catch you next week. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks, Cheers. guys. Cheers. Just, 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 just